And welcome to our show, Geeks Wired Podcast. We're talking about video games, movies, TV, comic books, technology, and TLDR, the Internet of Things. I'm your host, Bill, and our other host is Anthony. Hello, Bill. Hi. And listeners. Hi, Anthony, and listeners, yes. And our listeners can contact us by emailing us at geekswired at gmail.com, or they can text us or... Give us a voice, leave us voicemail at 801-896-4335. That's also 801-896-GEEK. And you also can help support us by reaching, or by going to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash geekswired. We also have access to the podcast early. And let's see what we have on the docket. And the first thing is... Oh, not that one. That wasn't the one I was meaning. First one I was meaning was the one we were looking at, which is this. Uh, there has been a ten-year-long court case battle between Oracle and Google. Oracle says that Google has used Java, or their, or yeah, yeah, has used their, yeah, used their Java without paying them. So, which. Because the the thing with Java is that it's open, not. It was open source. Yeah, but when it was under Sun, not before it was Oracle. Yeah, but you you know that there's like different kinds of JVMs now, right? Yes. Like there's a heck, there's an Amazon one. There's a Microsoft one now. Actually, that was in the news recently, and there's a bunch of others like OpenJDK, and a lot. They're all like because they're all. They still release like the specifications, and mm. these companies just build um, JVM stands for Java Virtual Machine, which translates the Java bytecode to, and by like bytecode is just like the Java code. It's just code that the JVM can understand, and then it translates that to code that the the machine that it's running on can understand. Mm. But. Um, where was I going with that? Uh, You're saying that Google's is a, is different, and they well, are, I don't even know to? if Google has this. It's just that all all these other different types of JVMs are is just there's like a specification that's released, and these JVMs are just implementations of that specific specification. Ah, which is why you have a lot of free ones, and you have Oracle's, which is a lot of money. Yes. And you, I don't even, like, these days, I don't think you get a whole lot out of going with it. Actually. Other than maybe security. Point you get past, was Java 8, or is it 9? As far, like, past, like, old or new? Where you have to start paying, where if you want to publish and use it a lot for uh, for all that, you have to pay Oracle. Basically, the version Oracle took it over. I do know that with 7 now, if you want security updates, you have to pay for them. And they're a lot of money. Okay. Maybe I swear it was eight. It was the last one of Suns, but I don't. I, it might. I might be off on that. It maybe I it was don't seven. Even know that, like, but either way, for, was it on like fourteen now? Huh? Aren't they on like Fort Java fourteen now? Technically, they're on fifteen. Ah, see. <laughs> uh, Eleven is the what you'd call the LTS, I guess. What's that? Uh, long-term support. Ah. The LTS version, which. Even though, like, a lot of stuff still runs at 8. I think Minecraft still runs on 8, for example, and... Oh, lots of stuff still can, so that's not terrible. It's just you're not getting 
Oracle support, but it also well, means you don't have to pay for Oracle support. You don't get Oracle support anyways. Like, if you get the Oracle JVM, all you're getting is just security updates. Ah. So, like, there's a Open JDK for 7. They still do the security updates, but, like, if you're running a software that doesn't support Open JDK, Yeah. And you need to update to another, like a higher service pack, because uh, let's say the underlying SSL certs expired. Yeah. And so you can't connect to any SSL anymore. Aww. Then you have to fork over, like, I think they make you pay per CPU. Which, and I think they do it, like, it's not just on the, like, if it's a VM, and the VM has, like, four CPUs allocated to it, they don't care. It's how many it could get. Uh Because it's in the server farm. I think that's how that works. Like, I know some software licenses are like that. I just can't remember if Oracle's is. I wouldn't doubt it because it's Oracle. So that's with that. So Oracle has been fighting this for 10 years. Went to the Supreme Court. Their argument is Google has used 11,500 lines copy and pasted from Java code created by Oracle. Like, no, not, no hiding, no slight Copy, paste, 11,500 lines. Threw it right into Google Android. And uh, Google is arguing that this is under fair use because this is they transformed the code for Android smartphones, and also it is only 0.4 percent of the Java code that they have. And the Supreme Court said, "Yep, we agree with you." So there's going to be it can be really interesting. Some people are arguing that of course Google's gonna win because they have the money for it to fight for ten years. So does Oracle, but apparently Google has more. Well it doesn't mean they have more. Yeah. It just means that they finally won. But True. So I guess they both have money to fight for what, ten years. Does it describe where they copied the code from? Like what it is? Like, did they copy it from the JVM, or is it from like something else, like a library that they have published or something? Because this, I'm in a gray area on whether or not I agree with this ruling. As much as I don't like Oracle, like this, there's a reason. Like back in the day when they were when they used to reverse engineer stuff, they would have someone reverse engineer it, write down all the stuff, and then they have someone else implement it so they couldn't get sued for That's- copying. What they're technically talking about is that this is, could cause a lot of things. One, it means you don't want to pub, uh, publish things from the or, – or you don't want to publish your code because somebody could do stuff like that. They could take your code and then end up pulling it off or stealing it. Mm-hmm. And then they could also – start putting everything behind protections – and then there is uh, it. What's the other one? Uh, okay. Or then there's the you know other people using your code because it's available out there and tweaking it in such a way. But then obviously whoever the big bigger player is, unless they're both big players, uh, yeah, Google could go after you for using some of their code. Yeah, I'd have to know more on this, but it just. The way the thing that you have highlighted, it just says that, um, as the justices saw, is that what it's saying there? Yes. Yeah. When or when talks between Oracle and Google broke down, Google simply copied verbatim 
11,500 lines of code from Oracle's library and doing so and doing that was anything but fair, which. So it is the copied lines are part of the tools API. The tools API. Does it say what, um, like when, in 2005, Google acquired Android and sought to build oh. a new software platform for mobile devices to allow to allow millions of programmers familiar with the Java programming language to work with its Android platform. With the Java SE, so they copied those lines from the Java SE program. What Java was out at that point? 2005, roughly. No clue. Six, seven. But that was they were they were in negotiations with Sun back in the day. It's when they were upgrading when Oracle bought it, and now they supposedly had Oracle code. So and okay, in this case, I think it depends on the license agreement that was on Sun's code. And actually, let's see here, because even if it's like if you bought something and made it closed source, anything before you made it closed source is fair game. Like, depending on the license agreement, actually. Like, if the license agreement says you can use it however, just provide attribution or whatever, heck, you don't even have to do that on some of them. It was 2005. Java 5, geez. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe into Java 6. Maybe. Actually, it looks like it was. Because they talked about Java SE. Standard edition. But the thing is that SE is everything since six mm, yeah but yeah because they don't really focus too much on the enterprise edition anymore like they do but they're more uh, i'm not gonna say that because i don't know for sure um when did oracle buy them january 2019 so for eight well at least for yeah for java eight so yeah um this is a super gray area. And again, depending on the license agreement that Java had on it at that time, because I don't know what it was. Um, they're probably completely in the right <laughs> to do this. I'd be curious what... Does it say whatever it was in the Java? Oh, that was Java version history for the Wikipedia article. Yeah. Or which one were you after? What? I was just wondering what the license agreement was for the older Javas. Oh, pre um, eight. Yeah. So, what is uh, Java seven? Here, I will do that for you. Oh, there you while go. I, so now you can go through and see what there was. Did you find any license agreements? And well, that's the end of a seven. I know. Keep going. Oh, you want? Nope. Stop. You want eight, nine? Yeah, I wanted to see if they had anything eight that talked about a license agreement, but I think they're just talking about the changes. Yeah. Which. Isn't what I want, but oh well. Um, finally enforcing the copyright on... I'm all over here now. Yeah. And So they were ended up going after that the, it, it was the market for the value of the copyright work. And Google's new smartphone platform is not a market substitute for Java SE. What does that even mean? meaning that they changed the product enough. So Java on its own is not suitable for 
you can't take Java SE and throw it onto an Android phone and go, it's done. You have to take it and it's kind of like the idea of making uh, skits or making something a parody of something. Like that's why parodies are safe from copyright laws because the creators did not intend for this to be a direct replacement. Yeah. Or to make that product directly. So Google is basically going, you didn't intend to make an Android or a cell phone operating system with this. Therefore, not, we're not, we're not required. Technically, Java could then pull the, well, then you're not allowed to use it. Yeah. But that's a different, that's a totally different thing that they didn't argue. Yeah, this is, eh. I don't know. And like I said, this does open it up so you could pick from dozens of companies, little bits of code here, little bits of code there, and under this ruling, you are safe. If you're wondering, it is like, I think, 35 pages is what it was. The case report? Yeah. the or the 62, sorry. <laughs> I was off by You were off double. by half. By 30 pages. Yes. Um, it was a long thing. It's been going on for a little while. There's, I think there's a YouTube channel that goes over stuff like this. Like just court cases. Mm-hmm. Um, I might try to find one and list. Because I saw this in my Google News Feed earlier this morning. That something like this had happened. And I didn't think anything of it because... Well, this is fairly recent. April 5th. I know. So, and I guess they could. You know, this all this is out there too. Weather Java, wait, go back up a little bit. So, okay, that's good. Um, Weather Java SE's owners should copyright the portion that Google copied. And if so, whether Google's copying nonetheless constituted a fair use of the material, thereby freeing Google from copyright liability. Yeah. So there's just, there's a lot. But this can open it, it up to a lot of really, really interesting like things. This, this has a lot of side effects. Yeah, it could. It really could. Is, I don't know if it's good or bad. It, it has side effects. That's what we're going to stick with. Yeah, just because, again, it all just comes down to what the license agreement was for whenever they, like, wherever they copied it from because, uh. I, like, have you heard of Elkstack slash Elasticsearch? They're not going after the copyright. They're not going after the license agreement. They're going after, we didn't use, we, one, we use 0.4% of that code yeah. in ours. And two, your product is not ours. Right. That's what they're going with. That's what they're, they, and they're, because they're not even arguing the uh, with it, because Oracle's saying that their license agreement is you use it, you pay. Google is saying, we used it, it's fair use. Okay, but when this happens, Oracle didn't own Java. Like when Initially, they did this. When they first when they first started. Which but they continued to use it as the versions kept going. But that's fine. Like and it, they, but the, Oracle is saying that they wrote what that thousand or eleven thousand five hundred lines. Not Sun, but Oracle. So that agreement was yes, it was with Sun when they were going through it. Oracle changed it and Google kept up with the changes. Okay. 
So you're saying it probably like they copied it. And also, this is like I said, ten years. Yeah, because this court case was wrapped ten years ago. Yeah, this has been a ten-year fight. That's interesting. I guess they did that versus because if they didn't do that, then they would have had to keep like the whole Java language runtime framework framework as a jar somewhere just to use point four point oh four percent. Yeah, is what it was, wasn't it? Point four. Point four percent. Which is just pure chaos, insane insanity, because that's a lot of stuff. Just to, that's that's like using. Do you know what Jota time is? No. So Jota time. Uh, so you know how time zones suck. Yeah. Um. So, because there's certain times where like a country will be like, uh, we were at like plus twenty four. Um, we're gonna be at minus twenty three now. And so, or the other way around, and they'll like lose an entire day or gain an entire day ah. sometime in this timeline. And someone will notice a weird change like that. And they're like, why? And Jota time kind of helps with that. But anyway, Jota time is like this super, 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 it's, I think it's in Java and JavaScript, but it's a really nice library. It deals with dates really well, but it's usually very like people include it to just do formatting, yeah. which is way overkill. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like, including that one where you really just wanted to format your date. So I can see that. Yeah. It's just weird. Like I, I need to know more information because like stack overflow copy stuff off there all the time. <gasps> I usually, no, I mean, people do No, I thought you were because people ask <gasps> like you, they ask for questions and they get a solution yeah and actually most of the time it's not copy paste you just like get this one line that you needed or something but there have been some cases where i have copy pasted the entire function annotated where it came from yeah that's like it came from this answer on from this link (laughs) click it for more information or whatever but is that fair use it it would be fair use because there's no copyright on it but because it's posted on an internet forum you forget (laughs) Anything you put online, you own. You put a picture online, and you mark it as yours, and you, you've you designed it. You technically uh, have, or not patented, you trademarked it. You don't have to go, you don't have to put in the trademark to trademark things. Like, you fold something Depends up. Depends on where you upload it to. Well, you... Because you, you well, upload it no, to no. Facebook, I think Facebook technically owns it. no. They, they don't own it, and this is what Instagram... Or they have the rights to use it, at yes, least. Yes, that is the thing. So you own it. You are the creator and the owner, but you have given rights to Facebook, Instagram, or whatever, or Facebook parent company to use it. Same with TikTok. Same with so many social medias out there. It's in the EULA. Or privacy agreement, or both. All of it. All of the above. It's in the 100,000 page thing that you say you read every single time. Every time they go like, we did an update. Actually. Do you agree? Do they do? Does Facebook do that? Because I think in their agreement, they just like, we can change this whenever. Oh, it's your responsibility to find out when it happens. Yeah. Like there's certain companies that will be like, hey, we updated this. If you decide that you don't agree, you have until such and such date to disagree and then just Shut leave the platform. Yeah. 
which there might have been with Facebook on the initial sign up or installation of the app or one of the updates to that when when they suddenly were like we're not going to share this with you anymore yeah. it's not our responsibility yeah to where they made that change over mm-hmm. realizing that it's a lot of work to do a push out for this well, not only that it's just like they've realized people don't read them anyways yeah because they're too complicated and long and they're like tax laws and just painful they're probably worse than tax laws maybe speaking of tax laws no this isn't tax laws but oh is it or you mean complicated things or things that are yeah complicated well i don't even call it complicated no i wouldn't anyways uh, amazon's share of the u.s digital market is uh surpasses 10 percent in 2020 yeah they actually I'm surprised it's not more. <laughs> they doubled it over twenty nine dart uh, over twenty digital uh, ad market. What does that mean? They like is 10% this ten percent of market of ads digital ads go through Amazon. Okay, I thought this was something completely different. Yes, so ten percent of the ads, and that includes don't forget Fire uh, Amazon Fire TV, Twitch, and IMDb. They own IMDb. Apparently, they own IMDb. I did not realize that until I read this article. I was like, "Oh, would you look at that?" <laughs> Weird. But they doubled it up over the last year. They doubled up spe- uh, spending and ability to get the ads out there. I wonder how much that came from Twitch, because a lot of people were on Twitch in 2020. Yes, that's, that's a, that yeah. is. And yeah, I was thinking about it too. I was like, Twitch could absolutely have done that. So, who do you think is going to be the biggest loser out of this? Like, who's going to hurt the most? Yeah, who's going to who who's losing ad share? Who's losing market share on ads? Google. Yes. Yeah, I'm not surprised. They are, if not number one, I'm pretty sure they're the number one. Which is, where does it go? They current uh, the. They will shrink from 28.9% in 2020 to 266 by 2023, uh, even though its digital market is growing. And that is, you know, yes, Google has all these products. The majority of Google's money is ads. Mm-hmm. And they've also been trying, they've also been, I think they're they're realizing they're losing some of their stuff. So they're trying to diversify some of it because I think last year they stopped sharing the details of how much money was in their advertising. And it was less than, I want to say less than 70 or 80% of its mar- of its market or maybe less than half. Because it was like, you could pretty much go like 80% of Google's income ads for previous, all pre- but last year, when they decided to not tell anybody. It's like, what? Why? What the, this is your number one winner. Why would you suddenly... Stop talking about it. Either they lost a lot or they or don't they, want to give their competitors information on that. And they may have also mixed it with other things instead. Of, you know, if you could, you could break ads down into many categories and then throw them into other categories. It's still weird. Yeah, that and you can there's ways to get statistics out there for where the ads are coming from or what ads you're getting served for mm. examples. So along with that, not only do they get, and even with you shopping on Amazon, 
they still sell your information. They still get all those. That's why when you go buy books, they they actually lose money on books you buy on Amazon because the publisher is selling it for X. You buy it in most places. It sells for X. You go to Amazon. It's less than X. Amazon t- cuts money off of that initial cost. So you buy it from them. So you buy other products from them. You are in the store, in, you know, just like with a real brick and mortar. You're in the digital store. You're buying the book. You're getting it cheaper. And you believe that's the price you're supposed to pay. All I know, that's not the price I pay. Yeah. Cause, well, I mean. That's I not know the price not, that it's supposed to sell for. Yeah. Because it's usually cheaper. Unless it's a new release. The new releases that I get usually are. I usually end up getting them cheaper than they book for just because I pre-ordered them so far in advance it, well, and they give you the lowest price it was for, just by default for books or for, through Amazon for books for through Amazon okay yeah so if you pre-order a book say like six months in advance and it was $20 if at any time during that as long as you didn't cancel the order if it, if it went down to like $15 that's what you pay even mm-hmm. if the end result is 20 or 25 or 30 yeah and that's the one thing I really like about it the fast shipping, even though it's not fast, because I swear that um, you shouldn't. It's not good. No, swearing is <laughs> great. It, it's a nice spice of spice of life. You really shouldn't. No, <laughs> you do. Do all the swear. Anyways, um, so last night I wanted to get a book. Yeah, I found one. Pretty sure it said shipping was available. It would be here by Friday if I ordered it within the next two hours. Oh, those are always great. No, that's fine. Ordered it within the next two hours, added them to my cart, not till Monday or Tuesday. Pretty sure they switched that on me. Oh, just wait. Saturday it'll appear. That's always the fun one. Or even better, Sunday. I've never got stuff delivered on Sunday. I've got stuff delivered on Sunday, and it's odd. I'm like, what? what? Oh, okay. I won't say that. I have. But I have. I don't remember it happening for a long time. And also, forgot. I forgot one of the other big players in ads. Facebook. The Facebook. The Facebook. The Facebook. That's right. They do ads. Do you, does Facebook do ads just on theirs, or do they like on their platform, or do they? They have third part. They have third party connections through ads, through other stuff. Yeah. Because yeah, that, that's how Google gets most of its money. Actually, is like through AdSense, which is. The integrations. The in, well, it's just that people will plop this like AdSense thing onto their website and have it like load on the side oh, or yeah. on the bottom or something. And that's like it just by having it show, I think that person gets money. And if they happen to click on it, then I think they get a little more, maybe, or maybe they don't get any money until they click on it. I don't know. This but. is going to be interesting. You should see the stats on my pie hole. <laughs> it blocks so many ads. Like, I think 25% of my web requests get blocked. Is it my? No, it's just pie hole. Okay. Like, pie as in... Oops. Like, spelled as pie. Like, uh, the number pie, not not like the eating pie. And then just H-O-E-L-E, yeah. That's it. Oh. No, just enter. What I'm all I'm saying is is by look at like you should look at it. I should show you some point because ah. I can't access it without being inside my network. Yeah, and I don't think I have my VPN set up on my new laptop, so can't look at it. 
thought I'd been to it. That's why I was like. You haven't been to mine. The thing I showed you was that. Oh, that one. Yep. Okay. Why isn't it not going there now? Because you selected it. I selected the wrong thing. Oh, well. It doesn't look like it's blocking anything. But yeah, uh, I just looking at the statistics because I have it on my. It's so Pihole is basically a ad blocker, but it does it at the DNS level, meaning yeah. um, instead of setting your DNS like because for your home router, your DNS default is usually like the router itself, which ends up using by default your ISPs DNSs, which aren't great. Nice. I still have a decent amount. I'm just using Brave. And it saved 3.09 gigabytes of bandwidth in almost two hours of time saved. But, yeah, uh, Pi-hole, so it, you can set up, like, certain, um, like, block certain things, or I had to go in and have it unblock things because it was blocking part of the Office 365 portal for some reason. Hmm. Uh, Actually, I've run into that even with uh, Brave. Had to either go in and... Because it's technically a tracker, I think. Yeah, which is why it blocks it. But, um, yeah, it's just that those. So it's just basically a, a network wide ad blocker if you have it set up that way. The pihole pie is mm-hmm. so p i h o l e is how you spell it. But you just being it pi dash hole dot net. Yeah, actually, um, and so I have mine set up for my whole network, and it's entertaining because it also tracks like when stuff got like when the queries were done like over time and what client what devices are doing it and you can track what url was trying to get hit the most and like my network is pretty active from Hmm. like one like 1 a.m to like 6 a.m for some reason even though that's when i'm sleeping (laughs) uh do you still have you still have assistance right yeah. And actually your cell phone too. So that's something else that's come out is like how many of the Google products, Apple, uh, Amazon products and Apple products do all that talking back to the their server farms mm-hmm. at that time of night. Yeah. I haven't checked that though. There is a Apple website that gets hit a ton. Oh yeah. So like, I don't know that it blocks it. It just, it's noticed. It, like, it's like it, using Wireshark. Like just monitoring your stuff. Yeah. Kind of. And it's, kind of cool because you can see the query types and if it was um like cached meaning the your server like pihole dns thing still had it like the lookup cached so it could return it really fast Mm -hmm. instead of having to go out to the internet because i think the way it does this is on dns um like if you set up a a dns record on a web on a domain Mm -hmm. there's this thing called ttl which stands for time to live and I think it artificially sets it really low, so it always has to go out to Pihole to get it, uh, so that it doesn't get cached on accident or something like that. Or if you like, yeah, I don't know, or yeah, but it's a pretty cool thing. Kind of takes a bit to, like, it doesn't take a bit to set up, but you need to be a little bit technical, just because this is meant to be installed on like, like you can install it on anything but it's meant to be on a raspberry pi which is why it's called pie hole yeah yeah and yeah but gives you little graphs like that um on the main bandwidth it tells you uh go back up 
By main bandwidth, I mean the main dashboard. Uh, Up a little more. Sorry, I clicked. Right there. Buttons. Um, So on this main dashboard, which is the home screen when you log in. Under web interface. Yeah. Um, It tells you what, like how many have been blocked total. I think that's just a running total. And it tells you how many clients you have on your network. I have a lot. Um, And it tells you how many were blocked out of that. And then percentage blocked, which is, I think you get that by dividing the blocked by the total but it's nice having it as a percentage right there and then domains on the blacklist and on the latest versions of Pi-hole, they have this i don't remember what the thing the service is called but the blacklist just updates on its own so you don't have to go in there and click yeah. update so it'll refresh which is the most annoying part of like maintaining a dns based one because i used to like on my old routers like Way back when ads usually like actually only came from a handful of domain names, mm-hmm. I used to just go into my uh, router and then override those domain like the domains it was hitting to like zero dot zero dot zero or something like that, and that's how I did ad blocking back then. Yeah, and it worked up until like probably twenty twelve, twenty ten. Worked nice. for a long time, but it's not that simple anymore. Ah, but yeah, it's cool. I don't know how I got on this tangent. How did we get here? We got here through Amazon ads. No, that makes sense. It's Facebook a decent segue. Ads. Yeah. At least it's related. True. So then not always the case. There is Well yeah, let's go with this. So T Mobile, we talked about this before. I thought about it again and then I again decided Are you was, still against it? Yes. So they haven't updated, they haven't removed the thing you hate about it? I haven't removed the one thing. I even went up, because before, if you were signed up, before it went live. And so they're working with Sprint old stuff, and they're working with, uh, I don't think it's in this article. It, you, it Apparently, it used to be called CenturyLink. I guess CenturyLink is now somebody else. What? I don't remember. Like I said, I don't think it's in this article. I remember reading another one. I want to say like Lightspeed or Light. I don't remember. Really? Yeah. I know. It like threw me off. I was like, what, what, what? I guess I don't have CenturyLink. So they went from Quest to CenturyLink to something else? Well, CenturyLink was the company that bought Quest. And then, yeah. But people still called CenturyLink Quest for like years. In I, fact, I think I was one of them. I think they still do. Probably. Just like how uh, Cable One is. How long have they been Sparklight? <laughs> Eh, bounty. Well, at I think least they two years. I think just before the pandemic started. No, I think it, I thought it was before that. But maybe know. a year. But I still call them uh, Cable One. And maybe CenturyLink is the. Uh, it looks like it. Oh, Lumen Technologies. So I guess that's the parent company. Hmm. Interesting. So. T-Mobile, so I guess they didn't change, it's just it's apparent. So T-Mobile was working with them to get the high-speed internet out by getting all of their internet. They There was a you know, use the, your get 5G home internet. It was $50. It's now gone up to 60 per month. If you don't have auto pay, it's 65 per month. $10 more than what the pilot program was. And it's interesting. Yeah, honestly, I was kind of expecting it to go more. I'm surprised it only went up to 10 or 15, depending so on... So, is it still unlimited? 
still unlimited with the giant caveat. I mean... Home internet customers are subject to data slowdowns during time of network congestion. That is the that is my one ginor and you know you're supposed to be able to get 100 meg speeds, but the my home internet needs to be better than my cell phone internet. Period. There's no question to that. No argument. If my home internet is worse than my cell phone internet, it's not a good home internet. Yes, I agree with that. I think this is more for... Because it does say network congestion, but it might be to kind of just protect the network from like being abused by someone who's just downloading a ton of stuff True. all the time. But it's not just like you are... You as a power user are going to do it. It is your network area is getting... Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're if you're under a network congestion. So if somebody becomes a power user in your area, your entire area's home T-Mobile internet goes down, or goes it starts to suck a lot. Yeah, for the home internet, and Verizon has this with their data plans too. Like you have to pay. Like I don't have it on mine, but when they first had unlimited, I think you were always on that lower tier to where you could, and I think you were almost always were throttled because you had unlimited, but they've been less picky about that. With T-Mobile, I have unlimited full power until I hit a point, until I hit a data cap. Once I hit that, then if the network becomes, if there's network congestion, then I'm one of the first ones to drop down. But okay. until so I hit that point, I am full power. So which also means there could be my home internet could actually be worse than my cell phone internet from the same provider. Yeah. That is not an option. I think your hotspot works the same way though. It depends on what I pay for. Because I also have X amount of whichever one I'm on. I think I currently have thirty megs for unlimited and then it throttles. There is a higher Megs one. or gigs? Gigs. Okay. You're right. I was like, yeah, sorry. 30 gigs. That's way and too low. You can it, get like 100 for free usually. Yeah. And then there's another one that's if I pay an extra whatever, it gets quite a bit more. I think I get 50 gigabytes and then it will, it like it won't throttle, but it will. No, it might actually throttle. I don't remember. It either, it either throttles immediately or you have the... No, I'm pretty sure it throttles immediately because your hotspot isn't meant to be your primary, usually. So, like more for traveling. This, the the initial round was invitation only, dealt with 50,000 households. As of last month, the pilot included 100,000 households. And T Mobile is planning to get this to seven to eight million households in the next five years. Because of that one caveat, I. Don't see it. You don't see it happening. I I see yet rural areas getting it, because you know this would be great instead of satellite. I mean, this would be amazing, amazing instead of satellite. satellite. This would be amazing instead of the over the air antennas that you have to mount on your house. I mean, the this would be great compared to those services. And this it, is the it, one wireless home service that is 
good or better. It'd be a nice failover as long as your high availability doesn't need like a lot of data. Like if you just need it to be there so that you, like for a security system. Yeah. It'd be nice for that. It might be a little expensive for it, but I actually I don't know that you'd be able to get a cheaper option to be honest. Like internet option. It would be a good way to separate your uh, smart devices from your everything else. I mean, yeah, but you could still do that with just a router, like a second router. Yeah. And have it. But it'd be fully separate. No, I mean, <laughs> you could still do that, though, because like with your Cable One router, yeah, you can have, I think, three devices connected to the modem. Yeah. I wouldn't know I don't have a Cable One router. I know. I meant the modem. Or a modem. Because... I don't have a cable one or a spark light. No, I'm, I know. I meant <laughs> just your cable modem. Because you have the... You probably have it like a Motorola surfboard, right? Yes, it is. So those ones actually... Mine can only take one wire out. No, you're right. And that's the case for all of them. Yes. But spark light... Sorry. You're what right. is their name now? Spark light. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's you're saying to this cable point light. now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Sparklight, they they used to do. I'm pretty sure they still do this, but they will let up. They will let you have three IPs basically, wow. and your um, modem will act as like a a DHCP router almost, but it's not. It's just like it's a switch. Okay. It's acting like a switch, and so you could theoretically have. And I've have done this before. You have a router, like you have your modem, a router, like for your normal stuff. And then you have a router for your IoT stuff. And uh-huh. as long, like, since you're just going to connect up there, like, yes, they could communicate, but they'd have to go over yes. the internet. And I think most of the time it actually has to, like, I don't think the modem, like, the modems might be good now, but I know before that if you hit the internet, like, if you hit your internet IP, even though, like, if you had your your uh, port 80 bound to something, it would still have to traverse the internet and come back to you, which would take your internet you, like, it would be a lot slower. I don't think it does that anymore on most routers, but because I think most of them have like an internal loopback built in to stop that from happening. But that used to be a thing. And I guess I don't know. Maybe I might one day think about this. Like it'd be great for like if you were traveling a lot. Like if you lived. Oh in yeah, a, absolutely. Like if you went art. Like if you decided to just be an RVer and work remotely. I absolutely agree. Um, though, depending on how much you used, your hotspot might be fine. True. And you also can just buy one of those little pucks. Yeah, but they still, like, they're treated as a hotspot. They have a little bit of difference, like, the way they're treated, but they're still, it's not quite the same. Like, I don't think you can ever get true unlimited with the pucks. I've, like you could with this. I forget what... They had, cause I thought there was one that was, I guess, yeah, this is technically true and limited. There's probably some small print there, but because that like with a uh, century link, there's a small print of, I think if you downloaded a terabyte in a month, you could start getting throttled or you did start getting throttled. I don't know. There, it was in the small print somewhere at some point, but yeah. But yeah, I thought it said databases. <laughs> They have databases you could just take with you and go wherever you feel like. Data passes. Yes. I can hear it on both sides of my ears now. Ooh. 
That was weird. But yeah, oh, they're the prepaid planned. Uh, go to phones and devices. It'll be under there. I guess accessories. That would didn't go anywhere fast. I'm at the top. That's the exact same one. There's more in there. Okay, it has bring your own tablets phone. and devices. Oh, is that what you think it's under? Probably. I don't know what else it'd be under. Well, yeah. See, hey, link to T-Mobile hotspot and the T9 mobile hotspot. I'm assuming that's what you meant by pucks. Yeah, or the T9 or the T9 mobile hotspot or the 5G MiFi. And like, click on the 5G MiFi for example. Oh, there's even. Oh, there's a pet one. Yeah, they're adorable. Um. Okay, right here. Uh, it has Wi-Fi six. Yeah. Sports up to thirty Wi-Fi. Jeez. They don't really go over a lot of the details, do they? No, they don't. I thought they would. You might like if you were to add it to your new line, it might tell you. But let's see what we got. It'll huh? probably make you sign in first. Yeah. Yeah. That'll happen. Oh, you're actually going to do it? Okay. Good luck. Oh, I guess I could have gotten no login required. Or just do it as a guest. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Ah. Maybe you should have done it as a guest. Well, there's a lot of work. Let's just move on. Yeah, we can move on. It's fine. So, you're still no on it, basically. I'm still on what? You're still no. Still, I'm currently still no. Okay. Mostly because the entire fact that my internet can be worse, my home internet can be worse than my cell phone. I considered it because I think Verizon's doing the same thing right now for their 5G or thinking about it at least. Yeah. And I considered it, but um, like, so on the Yellowstone Road. Yeah. In Poca, yeah, in our area, um, get 5G there on Verizon. Yeah. You go about two blocks away, don't get it. Ah, uh, so I can see that then. Being a in my area, I don't get five G. I get four G. Well, by that I mean LTE, because four G and LTE are technically not the same. What? So they were. If you have four G, like if your four G symbol turns on, it's le- it's worse than LTE. Especially uh, on AT and T, because at least on the iPhone. Well, they, yeah, because la- you're they supposed relabeled five E. No, <laughs> what I mean by that is way back when, whenever they were making the switch over to LTE, yeah. AT&T decided to update their 3G icon to 4G for, I think, the iPhone 5 or 6 at the yeah. time for no reason. Like, I mean, the radios in there on, on those phones technically would support a higher speed, but it wasn't 4G. Uh. But I guess it's the same thing. Like, 5G is technically as, like... Right now, most 5G is either as fast as LTE or slower. Hmm. In most places, just because it's the low band. Because we don't have, or low or mid-medium. Like, because Verizon, we don't have the millimeter wave here. I don't even think we have their middle range. I think it's just the low low end right now. All right. I found out your information, by the way. For what? Mobile internet is two gigs. That's how much you have? That's how much you're up to two gig. Uh, price, it's $10 a month. Uh, high speed US 
Canada, Mexico, next charge up to two gigs of monthly high speed mobile internet access speed slowed to two gig speed after two G two G speed after two gigabytes. And that's for the MiFi? That is for the MiFi. Whoa. Yeah, your hotspot's way better. Yeah. But that's for the base plan. They probably have upper tier stuff. Which might make more sense. Like it doesn't make like those things don't make sense to me because it's another thing you have to charge and you have to pay additional money for it. Or and, you have to keep it plugged in. Yeah, or keep it plugged in. And all like the only thing like your phone can do all that. Mm-hmm. And unless you have a crazy amount of devices which that thing would support. Your phone I think would too. It just wouldn't do it that well because it's not made to do that. Mm-hmm. Um and like the only thing that would save you from is your phone also wouldn't get hot from hot spotting for too long or whatever. But for most cases, at least for me, it's it's not worth it. Using the hotspot would just be way better and more convenient, and it's let one less thing to carry around too. But if you used your hotspot a lot, maybe getting that would make sense, especially if you could get a better data thing. Yeah, it looks like they have add-ons, especially for my phone. If I was a heavy user, uh, 15 gigs for the Global Plus, $50. Still only 15 Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's kind of uh, sad, actually. Especially for $50. Yeah, it's just off of my phone. But either way, yeah, again, not very impressed. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Let's go with... The new crypto mm. fun thing. that the, the new crypto buzzword. I don't get this at all. You don't get the buzzword? I don't get the NFTs. So, for listeners that do not you're know. You're buying nothing. You're buying a limited quali- quantity of a digital piece of artwork. It's just a stock. So is You're buying stock of a limited thing. So is everything else that you get of that has limited. I know, but like you don't. It's not. It's not oh, physical. I just realized this article is not nearly as cool as I thought it was. So twenty-seven percent of Americans are familiar with NFTs. By familiar, they are very or somewhat familiar with the, with NFTs. It Meaning, just means they've heard the word probably yeah. and know a little bit about it, or they think they know. But like what what I'm what I'm getting at is like so a real stock has value. I know the NFTs technically do too, but uh, let me let me continue. Let me finish. <laughs> um, a real stock has value. You can get more of it. You can sell it. Hold on. <laughs> um, and like they're just accepted as like being valuable. Whereas with these NFTs, there's some weird stuff, and like not all the NFTs are even physical. Like, no, no, that's the thing about NFTs; they're not physical. Okay, well, well none of them are. There may be a physical version yeah, of them. Yeah. Yes, that is a different story. But, but they, that means they're not. That means their physical version is not an NFT. Right. It's just a rep, like the NFT represents it. Is yes. what I was meaning. Um. So. Like, so say there's a thousand shares of a painting or something and you buy one of them after you, after all the thousand are bought up, what then? Like, how does it gain value? 
same way as with real paintings. Somebody else might want it, and it's the only same thing with, with physical things. Okay, like the comic books. Comic books is per- one of the perfect examples of this. The well, I think the top. Yeah, but you, you have a physical thing that way. But if there's a limited quantity, or if if you can guarantee that the this digital item, but it's a you have a physical item at that point though. Like with the digital item, like yeah, there's the collecting aspect, but why? Like you don't have anything. Like you, you get with a trading card game that you have online, you have the benefit of you can actually use it in like your trading card game. Okay, my with, trading card game online that my cards actually have actual value that yes. actually sold on eBay. Yes. They are a, they that is it. That is the extent of them. A trade. They are not a game. They are a trading card. They are a picture on my phone. That is all they are. Okay. That and then, I do remember you bringing that up, and I didn't understand it because <laughs> it's the same concept here. <laughs> yes. You don't get anything out like, like with let's say you were playing like Hearthstone. Yes. Hearthstone is a trading card. Yeah, there's a physical Hearthstone too. Paris. Well, even let's go with Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering has a digital online okay. version. Most people would know that. I'm sure a lot so of people So does Pokemon technically too, but I don't think you can sell Pokemon cards like that. But let's just say you could. Yeah. Let's, let's just, say, just you say you could. Like digitally sell them. Go on. Oh, yeah. So you're saying with these games. I thought you were going to. Oh, so no. I just wanted to games, know where you were going with I it. I get these cards. I collect these cards. These cards have a digital signature. There's a limited quantity of them, therefore a rarity. And you're saying that I can do things with these cards. Yeah, so that th- makes they're it useful to you because you can use them in this game. But my pictures of Han Solo and on myself, on my phone, is brings me joy. And plus it does not take up space in my physical realm. And I can take them anywhere. I can uninstall this app, and then I can reinstall this app on somewhere else, and I can see my Han Solo. Okay. Upload that picture of Han Solo to your Google Photos, and then you can see it everywhere. But then he's not special. Because I have a... There is is literally a number that says, this Han Solo, there's only a hundred of him. Like, I I get that. Or five. But that's... Like, I can understand, because it's a collectability thing, and you're right, there is, it's rare because there's a limited, well, subjectively rare because there's a limited amount. Yes. And people decide they want them. And that's fine, that works, it's whatever, but I don't like, with these NFTs, especially where they're like brand new, everybody is going out to buy them, I'm just, it's, it literally feels like to me that people are just throwing money away, because they don't know how this is going to pan out. And some people are spending a ridiculous amount of money on this stuff. Because like, yes. Oh yes. I know there are some of them. The total value of the NFT market currently is 250 million. Oh, I'm surprised it's done more than that. Well, that's just the writing, said. which was the 15th oh, of February. Two months ago. I didn't know it was around for this long. Oh, no, no. I NFTs. only started hearing about it about a month ago. Oh, yeah. No, NFTs actually were around about mid mid last year. But I, I, just, I still don't get them because... Like, well, I think NFTs as the crypto being purchased at, with Ethereum or other things like that. I still don't understand crypto, really, to be honest. Like, I know how you get it. 
I know why you get it. It's like cash. There's a limited quantity of cash in the world, therefore it is worth because people say it's worth. <laughs> yeah, but that, that, I know money is the same way. So that's the money's not thing. based off of anything anymore. At least the U.S. money system isn't. Yeah, so that's the biggest thing you have to think of is things are worth because of limited quantity. That's one of the things that really helps. And with limited quantity also comes the want, people wanting this thing. Between the supply and demand, I can only supply X. The demand is Y. Worth is Z. I... You kind of ba- barely vaguely get it. No, you, I mean... You get it, but you don't understand why it is? There's there so money. Yes. The money that's in my bank account, I don't physically have it, it but is. I can do stuff with it. Correct. With and yes, you can do stuff. <laughs> I don't. My 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 Star Wars cards. The my tangible like the the value just doesn't seem to be there for me. And cryptocurrency is kind of the same way, mostly probably because I don't know how I would use it personally, because it's kind of hard to use in some cases, in a lot of cases actually. It depends on what. Okay, so you... Well, technically, stocks are the same way. Yeah, but... And technically, crypto and NF, or NFTs... Yeah, but with, with stocks, they're like... They're accept... Like, I know crypto is acceptable-ish, but it's just harder to exchange with. And stocks, like, there's a known way to... No, crypto, it depends, because it, depending on where you bought it and your wallet and stuff like that, yes, you may be restricted to certain wallets... It's kind of like the U.S. dollar, or it's like or it's like banks. If you were to drop in Japanese yen into your U.S. bank, they're going to look at you weird first. Depends on where you are. Yes. If the, you were at like a U.S. like okay, true near a tourist uh, may, or a major here in airport, Podunk, Idaho, you drop your you drop in your millions of yen. You bring in a, a briefcase full of millions. How much of yen. is a million yen in USD? Do it. I want to know. Millions. It's not that much. I know it's not. I think it's like a thousand yen to a dollar. Uh, I think it's worse than that. <laughs> it is. Did you do shift enter? I, if I did, it was by accident. Because <laughs> it just flashed. Yeah, it did. Totally, because it opened up a new uh, window. So one yen is... Uh, do, put a million in there, because that's hard for that me around. to One dollar is one hundred and... That's it? Nine. Oh, th- is that thousand? No. 109,000. Oh, never no, mind. No, that's 100. So $1 is. So it's about, estimately, $1 is about 100 yen. So yen is a penny? Estimately. Kind of? Estimately, compared to the US dollar, yes. And it's been like that for hmm. a long time. And it's uh, an estimate. Set, set it to five years, not just a year. It's got to take its oh, time. Oh, goodness. It's got to think. We broke the interrupt. See, this is what happens when you have CenturyLink. Or spark I, mean. I blame Bing. It's actually climbed a lot this year. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah, but comparing what it was back in like 2016, it was almost. Oh, there's the recession right there. It was there. almost a dollar twenty or a hundred and twenty dollars. Oh, I, dollar. never mind. I lied. This is five years. I thought yeah. that said 2009 or 2007, not oh, 2007. Do you want a max on this? There you go. The lowest it has been. According to 2012, that's as far back as it's going to go. Really? <laughs> yeah, Bing. Blame Bing. Fine. That's fine. That's fine. I don't care that much. 
But yeah, it's it, I've always heard it being about a hundred yen to a dollar. Hmm. It's plus or minus. Close. It's a good estimate. Yeah. And it has been stable there. So, but you bring in millions of yen in a Podunk, Idaho bank. Yep. And they're going to look at you weird. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to go talk to their manager. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to charge you a lot of money to convert that into U.S. dollars. And that's if they'll even take it. They might look at you like, yes, this is this is real currency. Go to somebody else who can handle this, regu- who handles this type of stuff regularly. And bring us a check. Or yeah, or if they do transfer. take it, the conversion rate's probably not going to be great. Yeah. Though I don't know that they can. Some banks will work with you on that. Some banks have no problems. Some banks will destroy you. Can they adjust the rate or conversion rate like that? Or can they just apply a fee? They can do both. Hmm. <laughs> I didn't know that. Because they're, they're messing with... Yeah, it, it's more their money than yours. And you're making them do work. Currency conversion is also weird, but going back to this digital currency stuff, like I, with crypto, it still bothers me because, like, I know it me it has value because someone says it has value, but there's not like a, a central source behind it. Like it's just. So you're saying because even though the money in our banks is fully digital. I know, but, but I mean, you're saying it, that it's backed by a physical dollar no, no, no. somewhere. No, because it's not. No, I was going to say somewhere. It's not though. It's not even at all anywhere. No, because uh, so a company makes a dollar off of a, a some business mm-hmm. just by doing some like let's say it's physical business because that's easier to do this analogy with because you're not producing something and yeah. like labor, so you built a house or something or chopped wood for someone and you gain that's a low profit but we're just going with it you get a dollar from it all right that dollar didn't exist until you said that you wanted it's just changing hands at that point though yeah so that's a bad example because that's thing no the the u.s government prints money it is available for to be spread but banks banks only need to keep like 20 percent of what they to- have total... I think they have to keep 20 to 30, yeah. It's one of those two numbers. Yeah. So the bank may not have that much, but your your digital money technically has a physical representation somewhere in the world. I, don't, I still don't know that it needs to, because for a bank, I think, yes, probably. Yeah. But if it doesn't need to, you're back on cryptocurrencies. No, but what I mean by it, it's not backed by anything. I meant like... A, and it, like the U.S. like USD, U.S. dollar is backed by the government. By like, the U.S. They're the by central, the U.S. government. Yes, yes, they're the central agency for it. There's no central agency for for bit for cryptocurrency. cryptocurrencies. Okay, that's that was what I was getting at. Well, you're bringing you're making me bring this one up then. What about? See that the, <laughs> this one? when you brought it up, I was also can like somewhat concerned about this, but because <laughs> this is a bank bringing it up and not like to me money should be managed by a government just because it's be it's more stable that way usually <laughs> like you can have hyperinflation and all that stuff too but like you're not gonna have like this bank could theoretic i don't think they will because 
it's bad for a bank to do that. Yeah, but it's also the Swedish Central Bank, which I guess we could oh, see. Oh, the Central Bank. Yeah, so this could be Sweden. Oh. Actually, I probably should. You should look that up. Because this, it might be the U.S. we also have a U.S. bank, which is not the U.S.'s bank. It is a company called U.S. Bank. <laughs> True. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. Uh, it is the Central Bank of Sweden, the world's oldest central banking and the thir- third oldest bank in operation. So it is the central bank for Sweden. But it's not Sweden's bank. Like, it's not the government's bank. I don't think it is. Okay. I think you're right. Or it's the central bank of Sweden. So, yeah, I, maybe it's not a... It but, is, oh, no, it's 100% state ownership. Oh, really? Yes, so it oh. is Sweden's bank. Okay, well, then this is different. So this is a government-owned bank that has made a cryptocurrency that is doing... They're currently doing a study of digital currency. I don't know, I probably shouldn't say crypto. I should say digital, because in this case, it is more digital currency than crypto. But they have made a digital currency because technically, your credit card, yes, spending real dollars. Uh-huh. But they're digital dollars. Yeah. All of it's digital. Um, do they have a blockchain with this? Do you know? Because that's another thing with crypto is that because it involves that blockchain, like the blockchain is beneficial, but it's also super heavy. Like it takes, like especially for the main Bitcoin, like uh, uh, blockchain, it takes a long time for transaction to process. And the more stuff you get on there, the more the longer that's going to take. So, so it doesn't look like it is a blockchain. It is a maintained digital. So what's the, what is the Swedish dollar normally? Like, what is that? Or do they use, they might use uh, euros. Are they part of the European Union? I don't know. I don't I, remember. I, I, there's a chance on that, but... I didn't like what I, I think London it. was the London I think uh, if they are part of the European Union you don't have to Britain like there are there actually are I think you do I Dutch think. The, or like the Dutch were part of the European Union but couldn't use the euro because the other thing okay. is there's also various levels of European Union because I thought uh, I thought Britain was the only one that was allowed to not use euros like they accepted it still there okay so like I said there's various levels of the European Union depending on which level it is, is, depends on what it is, uh, how your up. interaction is. And also, it they your uh, European Union won't let, even won't let you use the euro as their currency unless it you ha- your country shows enough, you know, not to destroy their currency. And that's why... That's why uh, so you don't have a Greece? Yeah, that's why I meant Greece. Yeah, so Greece doesn't... I said... But Greece yeah. was stable, though, for... A time they just stopped being stable and it ruined the well not ruined just made it less valuable but i think it's recovered it's the uh corona or krona it's the krona the krona the swedish krona hmm. and one swedish krona is worth about 12 u.s cents hmm. okay um and they are part of the European Union. 
the third largest country. So is this digital currency backed by the the dollar? Like, what I mean by that is, is there a conversion rate? Well, not a conversion. Well, there rate. would be a conversion rate. There would be, but like. Like, if there's a dollar of the, like, if there's a Swedish dollar, whatever, Krona, I'm not going to try to say it. Krona. Let's just go with. It's the Swedish Krona. Okay. If, well, if they have a Swedish dollar. Yes. And then they make one digital currency dollar that, like, this central bank is doing, does that take away one from the Swedish thing, or is it a completely different thing? This is a completely different thing. Hmm. And that's, there's people who are in favor of this. There's people who are against it. But the other thing I mean, about, I'm not against any of this. It's just, it's hard to understand how it... Well, this could make a world... It's trusted. <laughs> it is. Well, then that's the thing. That's why they're going through... That's why they are doing this uh, study. They're yeah. going to see how it works. It is the, the, the central banks. There's various stages of developing digital currencies. Uh, currently, the Bahamas... Uh, Central bank digital currencies already are being issued in China, India, South Africa. There's plans to issue Japan. Uh, no, Japan is a little bit later. So oh, they're the, researching the, the pink, and yeah. experimenting. Okay. So the pink um, plans uh, to issue the central bank digital currency. So this is this is money. This and South this. Korea is that what that is? Uh, let's see. I believe so. Yes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> So there, uh, so Japan is along with us, uh, conducting research and/or experiments, along with Australia and Egypt and whatever that South and American s- country oh, is, and, look, and Sweden, obviously. <laughs> what and is Britain, that? What's that? Britain. Uh, that's a South American country. I don't know my South American countries. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna go with that. That's like that African. I, I I was able to name one. I wasn't able to. I I, I can name. A small handful of countries in South Africa, or South America, and Africa. I can't name any, so you're... I Actually, even in Europe, I don't think I can name a lot of them. How about this one? How about this big one right here in uh, South America? Uh, uh, is, Sur- it, is it Chile? No, that, no that, that, I know that, what that it is. long one along the edge. I know. Brazil. Yeah. See? You got two right there. Okay. <laughs> what I meant is... Uh, fine. We're way over our time. I know where Canada is. I know where Russia is. I know where London is. Sorry, Britain. <laughs> I keep doing that. I know. I know where Japan is just because it's an island nation. One of the richest countries in the world. And most pop well, not most populous, but... Nope. Not even close to that. Per area, though. Maybe, yes. I, they're not... Okay, I say one of. I don't think they're the most populated per area, either. Tokyo itself might be... We're going to wrap things up, though. Okay. Do you have any famous last words? Do I ever... I do actually sometimes. No. None? None. Okay. Crypto. Be, what is that called? EFT? I don't understand. E- electronic or NFT? NFT. <laughs> Not EFT. Whatever. <laughs> I don't get it. E3M4 exchange. Finance is hard. Math is fun. <laughs> <laughs>